Hey guys, welcome to episode 174 of the JV Club with my guest Tara Platt. Guys, I'll waste no time in telling you. I think she's marvelous. I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, I also want to uh, remind you that at, towards the end, you will hear a reference to a um, fundraising project that Tara is, has still has a little bit of time left on for a book she's working on. And I would encourage you to sp- uh, pay special attention to that section and contribute if you would like to. And speaking of contributions, I'm going to segue right into some shout outs because I wanted to thank, uh, first and foremost, Aleem for surprising me with a donation to... Uh, my PayPal account, uh, just as a thank you for the the podcast, I don't really ask you guys to do that ever. I think I did like twice at the very beginning. And uh, I don't even really know how you remember to do that, Aleem. But um, thank you so much. And also, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Uh, what a great thank you to butcher someone's name after they surprise you with something. Um, I want to thank everyone who came to the New York Comic Con signings and when I was hanging out in the Courtyard booth and our Beyond Belief and Sparks Nevada and Improv shows. All the shows were totally sold out and you guys were wonderful. So if you listen to the podcast and I met you in New York, um, thank you, thank you, thank you. That was an extraordinary trip. I just had such a great time. Uh, uh, In particular, I want to thank Nicholas uh, and Natalie um, who came to uh, New York Comic Con. I want to thank Holly for giving me an amazing book that I've already started reading. Aaron for showing me your amazing Rava tattoo. Uh, That's a Quora reference, guys. Um, I want to thank Carolina and Sophia and Deborah who came to our Beyond Belief show um, in Brooklyn and I was running out and didn't get a chance to say hi to you properly. So thank you so much for coming. Um, and then I just want to thank uh, uh, Megan and uh, Joseph for your marvelous emails, Andrew for yours, and Elizabeth for your, uh, it was almost a novella of compliments. So thank you so much for that. I've become a, a horrible person to be around since then uh, with a giant ego. Um, and then and guys, I also have shows coming up this weekend at the Old Jane Festival uh, in Portland. I'm so excited to do this festival, and the wonderful ladies at Old Jane have put together an, a wonderful improv show uh, that I'm doing with Jessica Maganson and Annie Savage and Sarah Burns, all former guests of the podcast. Uh, and uh, we're going to be doing a set on kind of a fun um, improvisational writing show. And then I'm also going to be doing the JV Club uh, there live with some extraordinary guests. I'll tweet about it, but uh, I've got a member of Sleater Kenny. I've got an editor of Bitch. Uh, I've got a member of the Thermals, uh, the band. It's going to be amazing. So I'm so excited to come up and do that. So if you're in that area and you want to come join us, uh, please do. It's the All Jane Comedy Festival. <sighs> That's a giant exhale for me. I hope you guys made it through this very long intro. Um, uh, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I'll go as far as to say I know you will. And I'll talk to you soon. Now entering... Nerdist.com conversation that I feel I want to share with the world because yes. um, uh, Tara just uh, reminded me that over the weekend I was privileged enough to participate in a fundraiser for a charitable organization um, and it was uh, the the contest itself was like teams pulling a jet 
airliner like an actual jet like an actual like, plane you could fly in it like you can some fly location. in it yeah and and so there's like a you can have up to 20 people i'm sure all the teams had 20 uh-huh. people because oh because you, you were doing you know, it one under, at a time teams weren't competing yeah, at the same time exactly it so wasn't like one plane oh my god it'd be so amazing tug of war with an airplane <laughs> <laughs> that would be genius but i would have lost my mind i almost did lose my mind yeah, anyway it was well very you're pulling an airplane you're pulling an so. airplane it's like a 737 i guess you know it's a sizable now, do they have people on the plane like the pilot is on? on the plane i think he like puts his foot on the brake until you're actually allowed to pull because you know you set up and you're all holding this rope and then they give you the go and i think probably people we were discussing because we think like pre- people probably start pulling in advance because the thing that's the hardest thing is getting up that started sort of loss of yeah. yeah that velocity almost said velociraptor well velociraptors um, are difficult on planes wow. as well that's a whole nother story <laughs> would have been very hard if i with with the sort of claws of a, i would have just snipped the rope yeah, by yeah, accident straight through it. very lucky mm-hmm. i don't have those claws um but yeah it, we were the seventh team out of 10 and um it, it seemed like all the teams had like big burly yeah. i think there's a lot of people who actually work for the airlines who are like out Bridges on the page you know yeah out actually probably pulling planes on a regular basis. Oh, you know, as you do. You know, as you do. Yeah, That's mm-hmm. how they get anywhere. You've never right. noticed. Yeah, that's um, how I usually I fly across right. country. They when they say we're being the towed in to, they, to LA, mean by, they by mean human by labor. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so we were like, I mean, we were just like a bunch of sort of all the guys. It was this, it's like the hipster group where all the guys and the girls are all the same shape yes. and size. Yes. And wearing the same jeans. And wearing the same jeans. Right. Exactly. Uh-huh. So we, uh, so we were like, I mean, we're not gonna, you yeah. know, it's fine. And then we, did it and lo and behold we had we were the fastest like we got Seriously, it fastest. You guys you pull the fastest farthest well let me oh, oh here's oh, the thing okay so we were like so they're like that's it the team you know uh brian summers.com our it, team you guys, leader yes uh it, it, it is in first and we i we went from like especially me to uh-huh. be honest with you went from like oh i like oh this is cool to like like we're floating on a cloud and then as we're in the middle of talking about how amazing Uh we are the team after us totally breaks our record right right and the team after them breaks theirs interesting that it got progressively better i think it's like once once you have a time to match somehow like some juicy part of your brain just like kicks and fast and i wonder if can you see the other teams what are you watching them so you're sort of observing Mm -hmm. oh well if we wait to Mm -hmm. use our energy Mm -hmm. so yeah they so going first is not but we were third that's amazing and for sure, if you like showed a picture of the first place group and our group, right. you would be like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So it was very fun. Congratulations. I recommend it. If you yes. ever have a chance to pull a plane. It was well, the next time someone you, asked me, start, I was like, yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you've been asked many <laughs> oh, times. I do. I mean, I usually like, tear, I don't turn know those down because I mean, I understand, you know, all this time spent pulling planes. Oh God. I really could have done it once you, you get two tries uh-huh. and once you feel the feeling of what it feels like to because we all pulled with all our might yeah i mean i almost like i could have gotten a hernia yeah i was pulling so hard and to actually feel it, it go go it was extremely exhilarating that's really cool oh actually my gosh. have you ever done anything like that and by anything like that i don't know what i mean like well zip I, lining? I, i'm not uh, sure I mean, no, i'm just like branching no, way i out. sort of think i know what you're talking about because at the science museum here in town mm-hmm. they have a thing that you can pull down and i forget what you're pulling but you're like lifting the weight of a car because yes, it's basically I've showing that it's showing how um you know using pulleys work and yeah how i was you can gonna have say a fulcrum point to knowing torque. no i don't know that that's is, what it is but is that a thing not ex- it is a thing yes okay. torque <laughs> is a thing. um but but like how a, a fulcrum point can like yes. then give you better balance if you're pulling against it all that sort yes. of stuff but at the science museum so you can actually lift yeah. a car yes so it's not the same thing as pulling an airplane 
But it's exciting it's to same, feel like that you principle. personally are making an effect on something that normally you feel is yeah, so large absolutely. and outside of the realm of my little size versus absolutely. the size of that. It's really Which exciting. also reminds me, do you know how to like change a tar- tire, like put a car up on a jack? That's I, what it reminds me I of. I understand theoretically yes. the idea behind changing a tire. And I've actually helped my dad change okay. a tire. But it's more than I can I say. am not strong enough to actually get the, the what are the nuts, the mm-hmm. wing nut bolt things, whatever those sure, technical sure. terms are, to get those off. Right. Even when I jump up and down on the, yep. like it just, I can't. So, right. so no. What would have happened to us in the era when we still would know. have really needed to know how to do that? Yeah, I don't really and know. And possibly still need to know I how mean, to do that. I mean, we do know how, I mean, we do need yeah. to know how to do that. Yeah. But I have AAA. I know, so, me too. I don't know. I've kind of been going through this like a frustrated at myself phase of why don't I know how to do more certain like things. survivalist class is the idea of not that I think the world's going to end tomorrow but no but it's nice to feel like you're not reliant on someone else to take care of you in a circumstance where exactly. you want to feel like you understand how to do it and it's not outside of the realm of possibility yeah. like you don't want to have to wait around for someone else to take care of it yeah, you totally. want to be able to do the thing yourself and there's something to really to be said for that point of pride not mm-hmm. I mean not that that's you know pulling an airplane no, but there's is an extreme that too. example but yeah there like, is I'm a not a damsel like, in distress like, yeah i can take care of myself i started my own fire yeah again i don't know when i need that but you but it's nice know to when know you that you can will need it exactly mm-hmm. and you should have a survival kit just and in case you have a survival kit now yeah. were you like a girl scout or a anything you know, like that i tried to do that i i moved around a lot as a kid okay. so i was in 14 different schools i was at 14. homeschooling yeah. what where was your military or i am the military brat without huh? the military so oh, i'm just okay. a brat Interesting. Um, no, uh, we moved around a lot because my dad had a midlife crisis. I'm an only. Oh, and me too. So, yeah. And so my mom and I just followed my dad as he oh, did boy. pre-med med school residency and became a doctor as his oh. second, second career. Well, I guess there could be worse m- midlife crises yeah, than that. exactly. You know, some people buy sports cars. My dad's like, I'm going to med school. Life. So yeah. What you know. was he doing before? He was an aerospace engineer. Okay. So he's yeah. a smart dude. He's a smart dude. Um, and your mom, did she work or did she? Yeah, she yeah. did. So she supported our family while my dad was in school because mm-hmm. you have to eat. And my mom is a technical writer. Okay. So she did lots of corporate writing yep. for companies and things like that. You yeah. know, all the brochures that you read when you go right. to the bank and medical companies. And, and sometimes I just go for those brochures. That's why I go they're to most wonderful. companies actually. I but, uh, but yes, they're good. They're really good. Most How of those much are my would mom's you lose work. your mind if I didn't know any of this and I really did have like a photo if album with flip through laminated. I would sort of freak out. Yeah. But I wouldn't actually know if they were my mom's. I mean, I know That's that my true. mom did a lot of stuff, but I don't You don't know. recognize her technical I, style? I don't necessarily recognize. Although she's very good at translating whatever it is you may need to talk about yeah. in whatever mumbo jumbo technology yeah. language into something that just Everybody can understand. That's a, that's a real it's skill. A skill. It totally is. in today's world. I know. But so, yeah, so we moved around a lot. We're, we're, give me some uh, uh, highlights. Okay. And lowlights, if you'd like. All of them. Uh, Virginia. Born in Virginia? Born in Virginia. Okay. Uh, then we moved to Arizona. Mm, we're in Arizona. Places. Several different places. Phoenix, Tucson. I'm from Tucson. Really? Yes. I like Tucson a lot. How long were you there? A uh, year and a half. God, I feel like they would just all blend together. Yeah, they kind of do blend. Yeah. A, but... But I made, oh no, that was Phoenix. I was going to say, I made See? my first snowman in Phoenix, but he was like this big because we, oh, sure. we got the huge snow that one sure, year. Yeah. And we, I collected all the snow on my dad's car and I made a snowman. I, you know, <laughs> I'm like he's two, two inches tall. Half the size of a cocaine. Yeah, it's super cute. Yeah, I, we had snow when I was really little. It might have been the same Christmas it or whatever, w- yeah. winter. Um, and we were able to make a sizable snowman. And by that, I mean like maybe the size of... A but footstool. That's still pretty impressive. But it was so for Arizona. Dirty. It was yeah. like dirty, oh, yeah. 
dry grass, dirty. Oh yeah, there were things in this snowman. It was not a healthy snowman. I remember the first time I actually saw snow, and it was clean and fresh and white, and I was like, "What magic is this? (laughs) This is not what snow is. Snow is this icy, hard, dirty, gross stuff that I played with. Can be many things. Okay, so uh, okay, so Virginia, Uh, Virginia, Arizona, Arizona, Oklahoma. Okay, couple places there: Oklahoma um, City, uh, Tulsa, and this is. Because of residency? Where yeah, was so the actual dad, medical school? He was going to OU. Okay. Okay. Um, and then we moved time. back to a different part of Virginia okay. where I did some homeschooling and then I did part of high school and then we moved to Michigan, which is where my parents still live and I finished high school in Michigan. Okay. So it was just like... Boop, 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 boop. Okay. God, yeah. Arizona was really the yeah. first. So that was pretty far out west considering yeah. the rest of the places that yeah. you were. Yeah. Everything else was a little more Midwest. Mm-hmm. And Bible Belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you, the way you said that, I have to assume that you identify most with that uh, area. Uh, it was also age-wise. So mm-hmm. I was youngest in Virginia. Then it was Arizona. I was getting, you know, five, six, mm-hmm. seven. Then Oklahoma, 10, 11, 12, back to Virginia, 12, 13, mm-hmm. 14, Michigan, 14, 15, 16. And then I left for college. And Michigan has – we're in Michigan. Uh, in uh, Chelsea, which is where my parents still are. So it's right outside of Ann Arbor. Okay. I don't know I'm acting like I know anything oh, about Michigan. I was going to show been. you the hand. Cause the hand, if you're, if you're I in Michigan, know there's but a if hand. there's not, it doesn't matter. There's, it's I actually mittens. There's, a hand. there's two hands. Oh, That's mittens. The whole, yeah, mittens. Two hands, two... Okay, because so the lake. a pair of mittens. Yeah, it's a pair of mittens. Oh, I know. How sad for those of us who come from a state that doesn't look like You can't like draw it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no. it's like, mine's kind of a Yeah, it's like a rectangle. Yeah, it's a rectangle with a couple of jagged edges. Totally. Um, uh, did you have, when you were kind of traveling, did you sort of have the, like, oh, this actually feels like, or did you sort of early on go, mm. well, I'm not going to get attached to this? Yeah, I was very much not going to get attached to this. The one thing that I did like the most about moving around so much, because I was in and out of schools, um, and I skipped a grade, and uh, it wasn't very easy for me to make friends, because I was always the new kid, mm-hmm. but the one thing that I liked was that every year I could reinvent who I wanted to be. And there was yeah, no history. Sure. So some years. How I was, many of us don't have that? Yeah, because yeah. you you're growing up in. But but of course that was my like envious like dream of like oh my god to go to the same school sure. and and remember in second grade when you had the milk come out your nose like that yes. was always like my vision of what perfection would be because it's what I didn't know. Of course. But it was great. But did you want siblings? I did. Okay. I asked for a little brother, a little sister, or a baby. Okay. I was like really <laughs> open ended. I'm like, just you give me whatever, I will take it. Um, but that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I liked the the reinventing. I mean, I in a way that's like training for me to become an actor. Was sure. like every year I could just be like, oh, now I'm the straight A student. Now I'm gonna be like whatever. I don't care. But of course yeah. that didn't really fit me because I'm so type A that I was like, no, I guess I'm really the straight A student. <laughs> but it's fine. I can I pretend. Can I can try to, to pretend. Yeah, yeah. I know if you don't have like the core, it is one of those things where I think it's almost true kind of reminds I don't know if this is embarrassing that this is what made me think of was the sort of conversation that <laughs> why you think that this is on the tip of my tongue all the time it's not oh, okay I was thinking about uh, just then uh when Harry met Sally uh-huh. when she's talking about like how great it was that she and her her boyfriend didn't want kids because they could fly off to After, Spain at yeah. a moment's notice or and have sex like, on the, the table or whatever is, yeah we didn't do those things right and so that's what it reminded me of this idea of like we have to be careful in our all of our lives mm-hmm. about 
what we know is possible because of what our circumstances are, but whether or not that actually like feeds us and whether we do that and we benefit from those things, Mm -hmm. it's entirely different because people will do that to us now. They'll present this sort of, absolutely. Oh my God, you have this, this and this. And you're like, yeah, "Yeah, it doesn't. Well, because they have a vision in their head Mm -hmm. of what the personification of the information that they know about you. Yes. But they can't possibly know everything about you. Yeah. And they're also, grass always greener on the other side of the fencing the situation because they're looking at only pieces of it mm-hmm. and going oh if I had that then everything in my life would be greater exactly. which is what we all do yeah of course because that's know, how else too. can we do it we can only yeah. look in people's boxes and go you have a whimmy jammy I want a whimmy yeah, jammy like exactly. of course like that's just how exactly. it works exactly well so. it feels like um too the other thing that popped into my mind was uh was there a t- now because you had all of this change mm-hmm. and shifting in your life was there a time at which you thought, when I'm an adult, I will have a lot of structure? Because oh, yeah. now you don't, I mean, you sort of have that, I know. but you don't I'm really an actor, have that. right? What, what kind of structure did I yeah, give myself? Yeah, it's interesting. I, if, 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 I wonder if that's that thing where you sort of started a place and then circled back, or if you kind of always knew that you were okay with, you know, lack of yeah, consistency on a certain level. That's really interesting, because I'm always in my life searching for stability and safety, like I'm always searching for that and I never feel like I have it, but it's like the, it's my dragon. Mm-hmm. My dragon is safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because of that, I don't know that it's necessarily that I feel like I chose this life because I thought that I was going to create this world for myself as an adult that was nice and safe and secure. But when I was a kid thinking about it, I decided when I was nine that I was going to be an actor. Before that, I wanted to be a neurosurgeon. Uh-huh. And, you sure. know, slightly different, just slightly sure, different. Sure, sure. But actually watching my dad go to med school was what partly made me go, oh, no, no, no. I just want to play a doctor. Absolutely. I don't want to be a doctor. But I did. I mean, I would go to the dissection of the cadaver with my dad you when I was did. a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never even seen a dead person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I almost said I've never seen a dead person living or dead. <laughs> well, you haven't seen them living or dead. Or dead. Dead. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, so like I was really into science and that part of medicine didn't freak me out. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that's what I was going to do. But then it started as, as, as soon as I started to veer down the path of acting, I was like, oh no, 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 this is really what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I can play anyone and I can explore this world of imagination and excitement that really fuels that part of me. that's all about play mm-hmm. because I didn't always have play when I was a kid because I was always moving and things like that. So I was always looking for that. But then when I was a kid, I remember going, oh, but by the time I'm 21, when I'm an adult, right. I'm gonna, fully formed, fully formed. I'm going to be living in New York or LA. I'm going to be super successful. I'm going to have an apartment. Like everything's going to be stable. Like I remember thinking that it was all going to be really clean and clear and mm. safe and secure and stable. Yeah. As the like child brain looking at that. Yeah. And I actually remember when I turned 21 and I wasn't all those things. Yes, I happened to be living in New York. Mm-hmm. And yes, I was working as an actor, but my life was far from stable and mm-hmm. I wasn't very successful and all of those things. I remember having like a panic attack because yeah. suddenly I was 21. I was that thing that I was supposed to be and I wasn't that thing that I wanted to be. And it was really devastating yeah. because I somehow had let myself down. And for a long time after that, I would say till like I hit my 30s, I was constantly living in a state of failure because I had Mm. failed myself for what I thought I Mm -hmm. was going to be by the time I was 21. Mm -hmm. You know, that infinite wisdom of child, like that's what adult is. Yeah. And so I am always looking for stability and security. 
as my dragon. That's what I'm sort of always constantly chasing. But I've also created that. Mm -hmm. I'm married. We've been married almost 14 years. We own a home. Yeah. We're like... I have created that for myself yeah. because it's what I so desperately needed and wanted. Mm -hmm. And yet I still live in a world in my industry, in my profession, what I've chosen to do that's so volatile and that's yeah. so up to other people and that's so not safe and stable. Well, it's interesting because I think um, I, I can really relate to that dichotomy and I've talked about it on the podcast before is I think that there's something really kind of strange and great and scary about being a person who... I think a lot of us are like that. I think a lot of us really crave that security. Mm -hmm. And yet we are also in a loop of coming to understand what is so wonderful about not having it yeah. and just kind of dancing that mm -hmm. and finding and, and, you know, like I have such a sense of humor, I think now with myself about like, you know, I used to, you, like, you're going to France and seeing like some businessman eating a mm -hmm. McDonald's and mm -hmm. being like, you're a fool. Yeah. You're and in I, France. Why aren't you eating yeah, a croissant exactly. and some cheese? And yeah. having said that, I wouldn't eat a McDonald's yeah. in France. Right. But what is my version of that? My right. version of that is like, you do start to kind of go, well, when I'm traveling, I want to try to get to this place or I want to yeah. have this confirm. In my case, it's like, where's the natural food store? Yeah. Like, how can I put something in my body that mm -hmm. isn't like just like cheesecake factory down the street yeah. kind of thing and and you start to sort of find where your your brain wants to make those grooves of stability mm -hmm. to kind of set some sort of balance to yeah. the rest of the stuff that isn't and, and finding a, a long-term relationship that works for you that way is really great and really admirable because that is one of those things that kind of can for certain people sure they just let that fall into the tumble of yes. like everything's crazy and changing and I can't keep this together and yeah so but they might end up with I don't know like uh, the home part of it exactly or everybody on a show I mean, that for some reason goes for it's 18 that years. wheel right that yeah. wheel our life wheel so we've yeah. got career and relationships and health and like all those different pieces of the wheel yeah and we all just focus on different sections of the wheel at different times yeah. and then the other parts of the section sort of fall out yeah I mean like that's just kind of you know yeah what can you be focusing on at any given time and yeah. trying to make that balance but it's funny that you would say I never had that, like, by this age, I should oh blank. I wish I hadn't. I then kind it was of wish like I had, a... but I sort of wish I had set more specific goals mm -hmm. at times. But yeah. sometimes we both are like, well, we wouldn't change who we are now. Yeah, so exactly. It's fine. But to have that, and also, I think it's adorable that you were like, yes, I happen to be living in New York, and yes, I happen to be an actor. It's like, that's not a... I know, but it's so funny because it didn't oh, match the, the way, picture. Like, I wanted right. an Oscar, Absolutely. and I wanted to be famous, Absolutely. and I wanted to, like, matter somehow. Like, there's only, a, in your mind as a child, yeah. there's only one... Well, we simplify everything, right? And sure. I think that's why in the old days, not so much now, I guess I don't really know, but, um, you know... It was like, I want to be a rocket scientist, mm -hmm. a, a firefighter, yeah, yeah, exactly. uh, you know, ballet dancer. Yeah, there were only 12 choices. There I were 12 think, choices. Like, there was really only 12 choices. Yeah. That and then you had tell. a very specific idea of what, what that, that choice meant mm -hmm. and what that looked like. And I think it is that sort of that the very beginnings of that little brain that yeah. like wants to add order to the chaos Absolutely. or whatever. But And for me, I didn't grow up with the television. So TV wasn't even on the table. Oh, wow. I didn't okay. even recognize that that was a thing, like that acting in television was a thing. So for me, it was always film. Interesting. And so it was an Oscar. And right. it was a very specific, oh, being on a billboard. Like those yeah. were the things because that's what the people that were in the movies, because I right. went to the movie theater. Right. That's what that looked like. Yeah. And then suddenly I was like, wait, what's television? <laughs> I mean, how does that work? Did I, oh. How did that? Because that's another thing. 
where obviously that distinguishes you from not only you're the new kid, but like there's cultural references that yeah, you that probably go don't well. get. Was yeah. that a decision on your parents' part? Like you wouldn't want to poison your mind with? Yes and no. I think it was much less the worried about poisoning me and much more my dad is slightly dyslexic. So my mom read to him every single one of his medical textbooks aloud oh, and wow. he needed to be able to focus wow. and study. On... So she kind of has that degree also. Yeah, kind of. You can kind of call my mom and be like, so mom, I have a stomach ache. Uh-huh. Oh yes. Yeah, it's not on the left. It's on the right. Are we cool? Yeah, we're cool. She's you know, like, like, let me put this into a technical, exactly. but very accessible way. Exactly. Yeah. And yet my dad will ask all these questions and like get, but he just, they think differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never think my mom ever wanted to be a doctor. She was doing it because she loves my dad and she was helping him and it helped him study. Are but they still you, together? Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. But basically, um, so she read to him aloud, but he didn't want the television in the house. They got rid of it when he basically went back to med school when mm-hmm. I was little because he didn't want to be distracted. I mean, which is a fair thing. Absolutely. And at the time, I don't think either of them looked at it as, oh, no, we're stunting our daughter in a Which, social... by the way, life goes on. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, that did expand your imagination. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, I read. read? Yeah. I read. I was a voracious yeah. reader. Anything I could get my hands on, I read. Yeah. And those were my friends, mm-hmm. my books and Absolutely. the characters in the books. And they were able to travel with me because yeah. then... To go back to the question, speaking of the consistency, that's your McDonald's, right? You have this really healthy version that's like, let me check in with this thing, this story that I can tell myself again or be part of with myself again and feel safe. And like when Yuri's not home, I don't go turn the TV on. Yeah. I don't go watch television. That's just not even part of, but it's not part of my wiring. Yeah. I don't think about it. I'll be like, I'm so lonely. I want someone to play with me. Like, Uh but I never think to turn on the TV to watch something. I know you, you have to know that that's very cool. It's great. And yes, it motivates me to do other things. Oh, I wrote a book. Oh, I did this. I created this because I'm filling that time Mm -hmm. as opposed to filling it with just I mean, you're Vegging every out. current parent who wants their kid to watch less television's dream. Like I the guess dream so. answer, which is, well, look at Tara Platt. She doesn't watch television and she's able to do this, this, and this, I, and that because I of guess it. You so, know? But at the same time, I remember how hard it was as a kid. Yeah. Not having friends and not fitting in. And I can't say that all of that was because I didn't have a TV and I didn't know who was saved by the bell uh-huh. or whatever that was. <laughs> I'm not sure anyone was. Or maybe they all or were. Maybe they all I, don't were. I don't know how that works. But just because I didn't know that, I can't blame my popularity or lack thereof yeah. on that. It yeah. might have been because I was the new kid and it's easy to poke fingers at the new kid because they're new. Yeah. It might have been because I was from a different part of the country and I just didn't fit in. It might have been because I was an atheist living in the Bible Belt. It might have mm-hmm. been. There were lots of things that separated me from anyone else. And there's lots of reasons kids don't like other kids. Sure. And so I know how hard it was for me, but I also know what I grew and learned from not having that. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, we only know our own experience. So I can't, I can't base it or judge it on anyone else's or say that it's better or less than. Of course. Of course. No, that's a great point. Um, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about is, Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of dichotomies, Um, I think it's really interesting. I'm always really interested in people who have a very aesthetic, artistic sensibility, particularly when it comes to acting Mm -hmm. and this ability to, and I guess I would say you're very rare because I don't know that many, but I feel like when I stumble across one or two, I'm fascinated because the reasons that I couldn't be a doctor uh, are feel to me directly related to why I am a performer, which mm. is this like intense empathy that makes it so hard. And by the way, I feel you're a very empathetic person. Yeah. So that's what I'm curious about is I, I was so, uh, so overly imaginative and so uneasy mm-hmm. with things like 
someone else's pain or sure. you know what I mean? Like really physically feeling, oh, believe me. you know what I mean? I drove no, past I feel a car like accident seeing... with my eyes. I yeah, don't, okay, I don't, okay. I'm not, a, I don't look, I'm not, okay. a, I'm not a, let's take it. Right. I don't want to see somebody. I think maybe I'm projecting into the idea that you saw cadavers. Cause I even oh. feel like I would have been like, yeah, hey, but I can look. But, but on some level, I think the scientist in me, because I think at the base of who I am, excellence in play is very high. Like mm-hmm. everything I do in life has to be excellent in play, which is why I like high aesthetics because it's the costumes and the disguises and the props and all the fun stuff that makes this world because it's world building. That's Absolutely. excellent in play. That's yes. the little kid playing rocket ship. Like yes. that's excellence in play. But I think the scientist in me that's always asking questions, which is how you become excellent in play, is asking the questions, well, what are the rules of the game? Well, how do we play? Well, how do we... The scientist in me gets very excited about the technical and the details. I mean, if I'm having a bad day, I balance my checkbook. Like, that makes me feel better mm-hmm. because it's technical. Mm-hmm. So it's the complete... It's the balance of those two sides of myself simultaneously. Totally. And so... Yeah, I didn't want to see a cadaver because I knew it was a dead body and I knew that that person was a person and that there were people that cared about it and maybe they were in pain. Or, But I was also able to go, oh, this is a dead body now. This is not the person. Mm-hmm. We're just going to scientifically look at what's inside and we're going to see how it works and we're going to figure it out mm-hmm. from from an understanding place because at the end of the day... I just want to ask questions and understand. Mm-hmm. I want to... You my, don't want to be limited by that voice in us that sort of wants yeah. to shut that door. Yeah, but, but that's what I do with a character. Well, mm. why would that character make that choice? Well, why did that character think that that would be good for them? Well, how did they get... I mean, like, that's what acting is, is asking Absolutely. questions. At the yeah. end, like, what you're doing with a script is the who, what, why, when, where, how for the circumstance. Mm-hmm. And so that's what science is in a way. I mean, I always thought... Physics was the poetry of life because it explains how the world around us works. And that was so exciting to me because it gave me a sense of security and a sense of understanding. And yet... It all, you can always push it. You can always get more. There's always, you're never going to know everything. Mm-hmm. And that was really exciting to me. Absolutely. So. Well, do, the, the science part, and by the way, I'm not just saying like any, everything that we come, we have is from our parents and our genes. So no, screw yeah. it. But I, it feels like I can draw a pretty straight line to this sort of sense of wonder mm-hmm. in science from your parents. Sure. Um, and, and you mentioned that you were an atheist. So mm-hmm. it sounds like they were pretty direct with you about their belief system mm-hmm. in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I have so many things I want to ask you. Ask Number them. one, uh, I, will tell I, you know, the I have answers. to like throw a few of them okay. out there because okay. I'll forget. One of them was, did, how did they talk about that with you? And did you, when you were in the Bible belt, like were those really things that were kind of coming up, you were butting up against on a regular basis and how did that work? Mm-hmm. And then the other one is what I started out asking or began to ask, which is, do you feel that your love of performance also somehow can be traced derivatively to you, mm-hmm. either of your parents or part of your family? Yes. And third okay. is how did they respond? Were they as supportive with whatever choices you were interested in? These are all great questions. Okay, <gasps> well, let's try to go back. I'm going to set my mic down. I'm going to go have a right. sandwich. Yes, you I'll go see ahead you in a couple hours. Monologue. I'm just going to chat. Um, so to answer your first question, they were always very direct with me. Anytime I asked a question from the time I could speak, which was pretty young, they would answer to the best of their knowledge and their best of their I remember getting in trouble in preschool um, because my parents had already told me how sex works and the anatomy of a boy and the anatomy of a girl and how that all gets together and how a baby's made. And I went to school, two-year-old self that I was because I was in Montessori school at two. Nice. Um, and I went to Montessori school and I was like, you have a penis because you're a boy. <laughs> I'm like, I got in trouble by the teacher. Right. But my parents always thought that if a child asks something, you have to be honest with them and tell them mm-hmm. because then 
you're teaching them the information they need. You're not creating any stigma around it. You're not creating any issue one way or the other about it. Whereas if you go, well, you can't know about that till you're older, then the kid's like, well, what the hell is that? I want to know about that. Why can't I know? Like it becomes in a way it's what we've done in our society with being politically correct. You know, like everything becomes so stress full Mm -hmm. because it becomes this issue rather than diffusing it and just giving the information and discussing it and putting it out in the open, Mm -hmm. which takes away all of that. And then it's just fact-based information and you can agree or disagree belief wise, but this is a table and it's made out of wood and Mm -hmm. you know, like you just get the details. So my parents were always very clear with me to the best of their ability based on what they knew and understood of the world. When I asked a question, I would get an answer regardless of the topic And that went to religion, that went to sex, that went to politics, that went to whatever my little child brain would ask or consider. And then because of that, they told me their beliefs. They don't believe in anything else. They don't believe in life after death. This is our reality. Once our reality is done, we are done. And that is our existence. Growing up in the Bible Belt, that was not very fun because it was also hard for me because I was taught what I believe to be right and wrong as a choice as a human. Like, mm-hmm. what do you choose because you're a not human? Not because someone tells you. Not or because somebody tells, tells you. you to do this morally or not morally. Not that we don't have morals. Like, right. I mean, I have morals. I'm not going to just go around willy nilly killing people. Yeah. But I think my parents also tried to. I never had Santa Claus. Like, I never. Oh, you didn't. Mm-mm. Okay. Because my mom's like, well, that's just a made up thing, and I'm not going to tell my daughter a lie and then have her find out later that that's not a real thing. Sometimes I played Santa Claus and I would put cookies out, but I knew we were playing a game. Mm-hmm. And that also didn't go well when I would tell the kids at school, oh, there's no such thing as Santa Claus. And <laughs> they hadn't quite gotten to that place yet. Right. Um, but Bible Belt wise, that was really hard because I would see these kids do things that I knew to be what I understood to be wrong. Cheat, lie, steal, be cruel, do things that I didn't think were acceptable or appropriate as children. And yet, because they were religious and because they went to church on Sunday, suddenly none of that mattered and it got wiped clean as Mm. the slate. And it felt inherently unfair and wrong somehow because I was taught you have to look yourself in the mirror in the morning and you have to know you're the only one that lives with you the whole, your whole life. You're the only one that's going to know what you've done and you have to be okay with that. And if you're okay making that decision, it's an okay decision for you. Mm -hmm. And yet I would see these kids do these things that I believe to be wrong, that I could tell that they thought were wrong or they knew were wrong. They would steal things. I never stole anything ever because I knew it was wrong. There was one time I was with my mom in a story and I was little, I must've been three And there was a pack of gum and she was checking out. I saw the pack of gum and I took it and we got out to the parking lot and my mom saw that I had the pack of gum and she had me come back into the store and we had to pay for it because I wasn't allowed to leave with the pack of gum because I had taken it. I hadn't intentionally stolen, but I learned you don't do that. And I also, as a kid, felt very strongly that even a corporation shouldn't be taken advantage of. And then when I, you know, like as I got older, I would see all my friends being like, oh, well, it doesn't matter because it's a corporation. And I was like, no, corporations are built on people who have jobs. And if you do that, then you're stealing their, but like, but I, but because I had been taught the way that I'd been taught, I saw it as an ecosystem. And if you steal from them, they raise the prices for everyone. So then you're paying more for the thing that you go in and you buy the next time. And so when all my friends in college were like, ha ha, we just, we screwed whatever big company. And we took the, I would get so angry. Like, I like. But at the same time, like, I'm not the police of the world. If that's what they thought that they needed to do, I disagree. And I, but I also wasn't impacting anyone with right. that. 
Well, that's what I mean. I think, uh, and these guys know, I certainly went through so many of those sure. like, t- typical like, and that's a typical and thing and I think it is it's, it's a very sort of like it's it, it, it's a special young person who can see past the phases that people are going but through but it was and also what I was that, taught why am I angry for no reason yeah why do I want revenge on this corporation that has nothing to do right. with my life right. but I'm still going to steal this thing and by the way I don't even need this thing exactly you know? it's all very it is a very kind of morally confusing time for young people and I think a lot of that has to do with the relationships that they've built culturally socially with their parents or with authority figures and if you felt like you kind of had a more direct line Mm -hmm. to all of that logic from a very young age yeah that didn't feel necessary for you to kind of have those yeah And, and yet at some point I wonder like I never rebelled I never went through a rebellion against my parents against and and there's a part of me that's like, I should rebel, but I don't have anything or anyone to rebel against. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like there is something to be said for rebellion as a growth. Like you look at human development and you look at the stages of a little kid and when they're two versus when they're five and when they're, you know, like you watch human development and you go, oh, that's, they're going through the terrible twos. Okay. Now they're going through their self, mm-hmm. you know, I identification and now they're, like you can actually watch it. And I feel like rebellion is part of separation and and no longer being entrained you know mm-hmm. like it's 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 unwinding that sort of enmeshment mm-hmm. um when you look at it from a psychological sort of perspective and i think that things like that are really important and yet because of the platform that i grew up in and the the way that things were it never felt like i could rebel because i'd be rebelling against logic mm. and that didn't seem like i like i could it's rebe- i'm rebelling against the world because it's the world like that didn't uh-huh. I, so I couldn't pursue that yeah and yet I think that it's a really integral part of growing up so I think as I've become an adult it may have taken me longer to sort of self-actualize mm-hmm. because I didn't have the the sharp sort of I'm no longer a teenager rah, you know yeah. thing happening for me yeah so I don't know it's a really interesting thing to be able to look back on retrospectively and go oh because my parents gave me all these great things and taught me certain ways to be it allowed me a certain path and yet it also deprived me of you know cutting my hair off and dying it black and being angry or whatever <laughs> I mean, those were fun times you know but, but I mean like but so I never had that right because I just didn't because it didn't make any sense logically. Like I was kind of Vulcan. Do you know you what I mean? Like I was Vulcan. like, I think that's what probably many of my listeners are thinking. Yeah. They're like, I have an almost Vulcan. all Vulcan audience. Oh, well that's, um, they might like me then. That's yeah. Good. No, I have a that's special good. Vulcan satellite uh, okay. that uh, beams to <laughs> Vulcan. Yeah. If I were better at my sci-fi, I would know what the planet was. But Vul- 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 Vulcan. Um, something. Well, here's a question and I don't, mm-hmm. I, I hope this isn't like, I don't want to seem like I'm like suddenly like prying in, mm. a, in some sort of like, well, I'm going to get something out that's of you. Okay. It's no. absolutely not that. There's really nothing. That's I'm very limits. envious of because here's what here's why I'm where I'm going with this is that to me, a lot of what we're talking about and a lot of those behaviors are very fear based mm-hmm. and you don't sound like you were fearful. You oh know my what God, I'm saying? I'm the most fearful person okay, in the so world. That's my question is sort of where, because I think that a lot of the, hmm, it feels like a lot of the things that we do as teenagers or as, as college mm-hmm. students that feel like they are freeing are, are directly in response to a new understanding of our mortality or this idea of, yeah. of teenagers be, thinking they're immortal. Right. Um, 
um, and invulnerable. I think the truth of that, mm. not to be all Freudy, yeah, is yeah. probably that that's when we first start understanding it yeah. and that we're testing those boundaries. But a lot of it is fear-based. And I think a lot of the things I did mm. had to do with feeling overwhelmed by yeah. life and afraid and angry. Oh, I feel all those things all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. But I guess that's, yeah, that's sort of what I yeah. was wondering is, is how did that manifest yeah, I, I mean, I think it's it just a dumb I, question. Of I course, think, you're allowed to be afraid. I think the but. way it manifested was me actually having fears. Yeah. Uh, when I was 14, I got an like overnight fear of flying, like mm. immobilization. Could not go near airplanes. Could not go to the airport. I had already bought myself with my own money that I had earned a ticket to go visit my cousins for the summer, right. and I could not do it. And you and you must have been fighting your own logic, right? Because yeah. you know, yeah. And that my this dad, can't my dad pilots planes. Yeah. Like what? What is wrong yeah. with me? I understand aerodynamics. I know that the plane's not going to fall out of the sky, yeah. and yet it's did an irrational feel, fear. Did you feel fearful of? I say this as somebody who's gone through who had panic and anxiety mm-hmm. in my mm, late teens, early twenties. Because intelligence. Yes. Because go on. Because I was too smart for because my good. intelligence. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think my what I became uncomfortable about flying had nothing to do. I had no fear that the plane was going to crash. Mm-hmm. That wasn't it. It was absolute lack of control, claustrophobia feeling. And yes. I and, and whether I could identify that or not, then yes. I never worried that the plane was going to crash. It was more. I worried. What if everything. I freak out? And I'm trapped in this plane. Oh, How awful will that be? So it becomes though nothing That's to fear part of fear it, itself. Or that thing. was part. And now I'm fine. Hypnotherapy is amazing. I highly recommend it to everyone. I became a certified nice. hypnotherapist because I was like, oh, "How the hell does cool. this work?" I'm gonna understand. I've always it. thought about it, but I've never it's done great. it. I don't know. I mean, I have. It's sure great. I have a million bad habits that I. Could it's amazing. Use. It's amazing. I yeah. highly recommend it to anyone. Hypnotherapy, go for it. Um, but for me, I think. It was my realization of how tiny I am and how big the world is and all of the various things. I mean, a meteor could crash through the ceiling right now. I could drive and get hit in a car accident. Someone could be carrying a gun at the mall. You know, like any of those things could be a possibility. And that's too big for any of our brains to really be able to wrap around and still be able to function. Because what happens is fight or flight kicks in. Our reptile brain goes, aha, I know what to do. And we either freeze and we don't do anything and we become agoraphobic and we live in our houses and we don't go out. Or we want to run around all the time and be like, get me away from this terrible situation because there's something that's going to hurt me. And you can't really function as a human in that state all the time. And I think actually... I've been talking to uh, a good friend of mine who, who's very familiar with your body and your cortisol levels and how when you're co- constantly in adrenaline and when you're stressed all the time, I do this because I feel like you're, the stress mm-hmm. level Tara rises. Is it's lifting, like it's lifting the, her, all the way. Yeah, up to, basically up to your chin. Uh, yeah, you're drowning in adrenaline. Full. Yeah. Um, when, when that happens to you for such prolonged periods of time, your body doesn't function as well. And I lived in a stress-filled state much of my childhood, partly because I didn't fit into other with the kids that I was around, and so not having a peer group is a stressful thing, and partly because I was so aware, because I was an intelligent little kid, and I was like, oh, wait, if this, then this, and that means danger is also a possibility, mm-hmm. and having those levels constant creates a stress over a long period of time. And so I think that what my body did was because you can't be afraid of everything all the time and still function, it had to find something. Yes, that makes perfect sense. And create it. darling? I I mean, it's it's, so sweet. You know what I mean? It's so frustrating to take care of me. I see, I see. You basically had like a full balloon and so you just like put a hole in it and everything had to come out that hole. And and release. Mm. So for a long time, six or seven years, 
didn't go near planes, didn't talk about planes, would hyperventilate and not wanna, like, want to, like, wouldn't watch movies if they took place on a plane. Mm-hmm. Like, it was hardcore until finally I was like, this isn't helping me. This isn't going to further my life. This isn't going to allow me to do the travel that I want to do and help with my career and all those things. And I worked to eliminate that so that that wasn't inhibiting me any mm-hmm. longer. But I do think, I mean, yeah, I'm filled with fear all the time because I'm an intelligent human <laughs> and I'm aware that life is not safe. I'm jealous of people like my husband who just goes around with a pretty hunky-dory attitude and Mm -hmm. is like, yeah, bad things can happen, but they're not going to. And I'm like, yeah, but they might. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't want to believe that I'm a pessimist necessarily, but for whatever reason, there's a part of me that's always like, but the other shoe may drop and you have to watch out for that other driver because we don't know that he's going to see you and he might be on his phone and his brakes might not work. You know, like I'm always aware of all the threats. And it's hard because it doesn't sound like you had, unless we're skipping something, it doesn't sound like you had, you know, there are certain people who have those paranoias uh, for lack of a better word, because they have had something in there. Like, it really was, my brother was killed in a motorcycle accident or my mother died of cancer when no. I was 10. And I feel similarly, which is I feel like in a weird way, I mean, I definitely had a lot of, you know, whatever, being a highly sensitive kid, whatever. Sure. But from a, when you when you really break it down and sort of look at, like, the the big traumas that can happen, like yeah. two things I just named. Yeah. And I did, was lucky enough not to no, have and specifically I those. Right. But... I think if you're a smart kid and you're starting to come to understand all of that, then it's even almost worse because you're like, when is it due for me? Because it feels like How the probability. How am I getting away with this? Yeah. What is it going to be for me and when? Yeah. And then you're even worse off than... Yeah. And I know it's I magical say even worse off. There's no, nothing worse way, than that, but... But it is. It's the anticipatory anxiety of a bad event yeah. is worse than the actual event that yeah. would be bad. Yeah. And so when you do magically think that, oh, if it hasn't thus far, that means it's coming any second... You're, you're creating that stress and that level of anxiety that is inhibiting every moment in the future. Whereas yeah. if you go, it hasn't happened thus far, so it's not going to happen. Yeah. What a much more like, ah, better place to be thinking Or from. even just like, I don't know what's going to happen, right. but I'm, I'm going not going to focus enjoy on this it. moment yeah. of it not happening. Yeah. Obviously so I work is, very hard to do that yeah. now. It but, is um, work. But yeah. It is work. And for some reason, and for some people, you're right, it is less work. But mm-hmm. um, so let's, okay, so I'm going to... Uh, I could talk to you for eight hours, by the way. But, um, <laughs> so in high school, how many years did you have in Michigan where you actually kind of were like, I'm two years in high school. So I did junior and senior year in Michigan. Okay. Mm-hmm. By the time you got there, did you have a, I mean, it sounds like you had a pretty strong sense of who you were, mm. uh, by that time yeah. when you came into that environment, what, who were the friends that you ended up making? Was it theater? Was it, it- was theater? Um, yeah, it was theater people. It's funny. Cause Going back to something you said earlier, like I always sort of thought this is the end when I move and I don't know these people and like bye, have a nice life. Mm. I never was one of those people who's like, let's be pen pals and we'll write. Like I was like, okay, bye, have a nice life. It was good knowing you. Uh-huh. Um, so I kind of did that also when I left high school. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, okay, bye. It was nice to see you guys. I'm going to go do my next. <laughs> and it was, it's been hard for me in the last few years to actually be able to have long form friendships, mm-hmm. which I've been working on, which is like, oh. But you're also in a business where you're, we, yeah. you're repeating that over and over, over again, and over which again. is the best and worst thing about this exactly. is that you, you know, I feel like I could totally hang out with you and Yuri all the time. And yet well, we why? see each other. I don't know yeah. because you'll exactly. be working and I'll be working and we'll be out of town and this right. and that. So it is, it's this It's a weird rep- sort of repetition like, of that. Just know you're out there and I love you. Yeah, exactly. I don't know when I'm going to see you next. Exactly. But you have to have, but in that way you were very prepared to have that sort of practical 
because I do think there are other people who come into this business who are hurt when yeah. they fall in love with someone. Oh, and totally. I mean that in a platonic way. Yeah, but yeah, they yeah. fall in love with someone and then that person isn't available to them every day. Absolutely. I think that can be very painful. And that's hard for me because I sort of leave in that situation like, oh, it was so great. Yeah. And then if we run into each other again in the future, I'm super excited about yeah. it. It wasn't like I've been avoiding you since then. Yeah. It's just our lives are doing our lives and then it's sort of, oh, now let's get back together again. Right. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I did, I, I hung out with theater people. I mean, mm. that's because that's what I was doing. That's kind of where I was. Did you, the other thing that jumped to my mind because I just brought up Yuri is that did you have that feeling? Because especially in high school, I mean, it's, uh, we make jokes of it now, um, but the passion that people would feel about crushes or about this or that, this sort of this like, no, 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 you guys, I really met the man I want to spend the rest of no, my life no, with. No, or no. I met the woman that's the woman no. of my dreams. A, and then it crashes and burns and you're like, I don't know why I thought that. But no, did you no, no. I was, I was a late bloomer. Mm-hmm. I had skipped a grade. I graduated high school at 16. Okay. So... It was already scary enough to me be around boys and like actually go out on a date with them because they might want to touch me. Uh-huh. So that was already like a little like uh, uh-huh. sort of thing. Um, I did have two boyfriends in high school, but it was very like let's hold hands, okay? Uh-huh. You know, like I mean, like um, I mean they're very sweet guys, but it was definitely I was very young emotionally, mm-hmm. and so I was like not in a like and we're gonna get married. I mean, like I liked my boyfriend when I. Uh, my second boyfriend, I mean, I liked the first one too, but I liked my second boyfriend when I was graduating and he was actually a year, year younger than me in school, but that meant he was the same age mm-hmm. that I was, mm-hmm. you know, I was a year ahead. I was, I graduated at 17. Oh, yeah. So I know the feeling of yeah. like not too, I mean, I can't, it's hard to imagine two years. It was hard enough being a year younger, but you're and really I always young. was like, at least I'm tall. Yeah. No, I mean, like I was, I mean, I'm sort of, I'm five, six, but I wasn't like certainly tall, yeah. tall. And I was a young like I was, I wasn't naive necessarily, but I just, like, I didn't understand sarcasm and I didn't, like, I was just young. What's so interesting, I'm, I'm so fascinated by, there are so many of us, especially in the kind of like nerd con, mm-hmm. um, that the community of people who have those passions, so many of them, um, whose stories I love have to do with this, and in, this intellectual maturity mm-hmm. that isn't matched by yeah. either a physical maturity or maybe it was matched physically and intellectually, but not emotionally. It's interesting when you yeah. are so good. Cause I, I know innately about you and everything that you said that you were great around adults. Yeah. So it's so interesting that you, oh, I was you much were so com- more great. comfortable you know around I mean? adults. It's like you're yeah. very comfortable around adults. Yeah. And in that regard, someone else might look on you and go like, oh, she's so mature for her age, which I'm sure many people said. Yeah. And then for you to have the the understanding that like, while that may have been true, there was this whole other thing going on that yeah. you felt like you were behind. Totally. You know? Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. No, I was much more comfortable around adults. Um, in fact, the very first play I did, I was nine. I was the only kid in the cast. It was Wait Until Dark. So it was a bunch of adults yeah. and me as a little kid. Perfect. And that was the perfect dichotomy for me because I was like, oh, I can hang out with you guys and yeah. I can just talk to you guys and you're excited about me and I Absolutely. can totally have any conversation you're having because yeah. that's how my We're parents peers. always talk to We're me. Peers. We're peers. Mm-hmm. I only had a babysitter three times, I think, in my life. My mm-hmm. parents took me with them everywhere. That's great. If they went out to dinner with friends, I went out to dinner with friends. If uh, With them, I mean, not mm-hmm. with my own friends, with their friends. And yet you probably weren't there with like, and then their friends had brought their child. No, like, yeah. it would always be me as the child, but in adult conversation. So yeah. if we were talking politics, I was talking politics. Yep. Like that was the conversation. And so it was much safer. And yet I think part of that might be the people that became more comfortable with their bodies and their sexuality and their physicality. We're may, living inside those bodies more. We're living in those bodies more and may have gone into sports more or may have gone into other physical realms mm-hmm. where those of us, and I'm just 
postulating because I don't actually have any statistics on this, but maybe those of us that were a little more intellectual were doing more intellectual pursuits, whether it was theater, writing, reading, music, things like that. And Mm -hmm. maybe that is part of why we look at it as this culture versus other cultures, because I certainly didn't go the path of football or things like that. And I know people that did. And I'm always like, really? Why? Why was that interesting Uh to you? You know, because because I get that we all have things that we become passionate about. We all fan out over something. Yeah. But it's interesting as to what it is that drives people or excites people. Whereas I don't, going back to empathy, like I don't really want to watch sports because it looks like they're all going to get hurt. Like, <laughs> okay, um, can't we just play chess? So like, you know, yeah. like, nobody's going to get injured in chess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, like I don't necessarily like watching pain. I don't necessarily like watching people get hurt or like, I don't like if you try to draw somebody's blood on screen, I will close my eyes because I do not like that because I do not like needles. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the science side of it and that always supersedes of my curiosity. But why does it do that? Well, how do you do that? How do you figure it out? So. It's really, that's, a, that's a, I think, a really good indicator of those conversations that we have in our own brains. And that my hope is that and how I, what I've been feeling lately, because I've sort of been doing things that I've been trying to do more things that like initially I probably would have just said, I Mm. I'm uncomfortable with the idea of Mm -hmm. that. I don't know what that'll be like. Yeah. And to kind of continue pushing those boundaries within reason, but like get like having the benefit of being older and having lived with yourself long enough. And I'm sure this is an only child thing too, because we're very good at talking to ourselves. No one else was around. Oh yes. We have whole conversations with ourselves. Me, myself and I sort of, Uh there is, I feel like I very recently had that exact conversation with myself where I was like, I don't like this. I don't like this experience. And then I, the other voice in me was Mm -hmm. like, but don't you want to see what it's like on the other side? And yeah. don't you, and isn't it worth finding that out to mm-hmm. not stop yourself Yeah, and really reasoning, like yeah. really reasoning with yourself and getting to that other side and going like, Oh my God, I did it. Yeah. I, I did find out well, what that, you know, yeah. and I may still not like it. Like yeah. It may still not make me happy. I may right. still choose not to do that again, but I've taken that step. And now that I've taken that step, I'm a little braver. I'm mm-hmm. a little more confident. I'm a little, whatever those things are because Absolutely. I took action. And you know what? I may like it. Absolutely. So yeah. Oh my God. I can't. Okay. This is, I wish that I had even just like an extra half hour to oh. keep this going because I'm, I just looked at the clock and I was like, well, it's almost been an hour. Okay. So I want to do this mash game with you. Okay. Yes. Um, but I already, I feel like as, as much, uh, sort of theoretical stuff as we yes. were talking about I do feel like I have some very good uh, uh, ideas in mind for your okay. um, what for is your MASH? MASH categories so MASH is a very social very school based game oh boy mansion apartment shack and house is what I MASH stands for you don't get no. to pick that oh. but what happens is by a process of elimination essentially an eeny meeny miny mo process mm. uh, okay I, we're gonna do I'm gonna give you categories in which you will name three things okay and then in the end I'll do this little thing and then I'll tell you like oh you got this you got this All you right. got this this is your life okay, this is that your imaginary fun. mash life okay so we already know that you either be at a mansion, apartment, a shack, or a house. Okay. The question is where, uh, what vacation area, and I don't mean that in like a, you ha- it has to be in Rio, but like if you could have a second home somewhere that you could just get to whenever you wanted, it's not like, oh, well, we have to pack up. Okay, so like a house place. in Ireland. There you go. Ireland. Um, I would want a flat. I mean, I can't guarantee you're going to get an, a mansion, apartment, shack, or house. Oh, you may have a shack in Ireland. You may have a mansion in Ireland. Oh, you mean the location. But We're the talking location the, okay, not Ireland. what it is. Okay. Yes. Um, I would like something in Tuscany. Mm-hmm. And I would like something in New York. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay. 
Uh, next one, going to get this right out of the way, my favorite, uh, three foods that you can have uh, whenever you want at the snap of a finger, and they are not bad for you at all. Oh, boy. Just okay. indulge, um, and you'll feel fine, yes. and you'll probably, they're good for you. Okay, delightful. Um, <laughs> it would be, it would be browned but not charred marshmallows. Oh. They're my favorite. And... Craft macaroni and cheese because oh, it's such a guilty pleasure. Go. Let's get it in with there. peas in it. Craft macaroni Ooh, and cheese with peas. Nice that's twist. So my favorite. And then something I could eat all of the time. Would be. <laughs> I love food so much. I do too. Oh my god, I love all the food. This category. All of the food, all of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Moroccan soup. I forget what it's called. Har- harira, harissa, oh, like harissa, yeah, harissa. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. harira Ooh. is the sauce. Harissa, yes, yes. Ooh, that is a, what a great choice. That's a new so choice good. It's and so good. Uh, a very, very good one. Um, okay, next one is now. Listen, this is just part of this mash game. Okay. All due respect to Yuri. Oh, okay. In your alternate universe, uh-huh. you have sexy times or hand holding times. Okay. Or alternate definitely hand holding times because it's much safer. Yes, uh, no, much safer. Uh, and it can also be, I'll, I'll extend it to say, it could be a, a person from fiction. Um, it could be a character someone played in a movie that you loved. It doesn't have to be like Ryan Gosling. Right. It can be like Paul Newman's character in blah, blah, oh, blah. Oh, wow. This is um, deep. Any okay. era, you okay. know, anything. So three uh, dudes. Three dudes. Well, I know Stephen Fry doesn't like the ladies, but I like Stephen Fry. So. I think this is a perfect opportunity to enjoy him. Because, yeah. So uh, Stephen Fry. this world. Beautiful. Um, Channing Tatum, because my husband and I both adore him. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, you can bring him right into the marriage. Yes. Channing Tatum. Um, who would my third man be? <laughs> oh my goodness, that's a tough one. This is good. What I'm starting to get from you already is the first two are very easy, and then the, the third, third is, third is, is hard. Like, this is the one that matters because this the last one really one matters. I, I know. I think it would be Tesla. Oh, great. I enjoyed uh, Tesla as played by David Bowie in that. Well, anything movie. as played by David Bowie. I, mean, I guess I should have put David Bowie on there. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, wonderful. Okay. Now, this is a new category. Uh, okay. I think one of my um, listeners, Dave, suggested it. Dave, I'm pretty sure it was you. If it wasn't you. We're um, giving you credit. I'm going so. to give someone named Dave credit and well done, apologize Dave. to the listener that it was. I'm not looking at anything. That's just what my memory is telling me. I could be dead wrong. Okay. Uh, we blame Dave on this one. We blame Dave. Um, also, I have like 18 Daves. So good, good. So they're all going to feel happy. you can take credit. Yes. Uh, uh, this is, what he suggested was, if you could... This is really a challenge <laughs> for you because it goes against everything you know oh. to be right. Oh, boy. In this world... Uh-huh. There's no negative ramifications to you having performed like the perfect heist. Oh, so it's like you right. now own Michelangelo's okay. David. Okay. It's fine. It was just an amazing achievement. It's just like a thing that you were able to like yes. film, you know, okay. filmically kind okay, of Okay, like but I get to roll through capture. the things. I'm totally exactly. down with being a cat burglar. Exactly. Okay. Listen, if you want to give it back right afterwards, right. just like, okay. you know, uh, I just need to uh, acquire Thomas Crown it. does. Right. Yeah. So we need to know what those things are? Yes. Okay. It would be all of Leonardo da Vinci's uh, writings Perfect. and drawings. Perfect. It would be Tesla's missing yeah. journals. And it would be... Because it doesn't have to be worth necessarily... No, no, that's no not at all. It's it would your be, heist. It would be Mark Twain's writing. Oh, that's great. That's great. 
God, the adrenaline of uh, I get so nervous trying to answer these. I know, <laughs> I know. I'm like, I oh my god, I'm so nervous. I want to answer right. Doing well, great. It's my own thing. Why uh, do I have to? But I will be grading this. Yes, no. thank you. Thank um, you. But I want uh, a gold star at the end. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you will definitely get a gold star. Uh, you already have a gold star. Oh boy! Like oh, I'm so gold excited too. Um, next one is three books uh-huh. that are real worlds that you may dive into and hang out with the characters uh, for as long or as little as you like. Yeah, all of the books. <laughs> <laughs> I have to pick three. Ah, ah. I know. Oh my god. Okay. And I'm gonna go fantasy. Spoiler alert, I'm gonna do the same with movies too for oh, you because okay. I know you liked the films. Okay. Okay. With books first, because I want it to be fun fantasy worlds. Mm-hmm. Um it would have to be the Hobbit. Great. And I've really been enjoying a book a friend gave me called Discovery of Witches. Because mm-hmm. I always wanted to be a witch when I grew up. I did too. Yeah. Um and that's a wonderful it's a historian actually wrote the book, so you you get this wonderful like Elizabethan mm-hmm. history to it. So I I, I always that. love that when they incorporate, you really feel like yeah, they're learning. Yeah. yeah. And then the third one, yee. I keep thinking of Life of Pi. Not that I really want to be on a boat with a tiger, but there was something so vivid about that mm-hmm. world. But I don't really want to be stuck in a boat with a tiger, Fair. so maybe I won't pick that one. <laughs> um, let's see. This, you're right. The third one the third always one stumps me. Well, it's because I feel like so much is resolved, I revolving on just that last one. Because the, yeah, you because I the was, first two, and you always have your third wish. Just I can get out it out there. there. It totally makes sense. Uh, mm. I, I will offer up yes. Harry Potter. Just yeah, well, yeah, because magic tends to work with. Yeah, the witches you're right. And Harry, the Harry Potter would be a good. I'm one. not saying that you you're know. right. I've been counting down the days till I can go get butterbeer in Hollywood. So exactly. See. I mean, I know you can get it at the store. I mean, actually, at, at in Harry the, Potter in the land. Yes, I'm exactly. waiting for that to happen. All right. So I wasn't wrong. To you weren't wrong. That. Uh, next one is let's say three things that you uh can do that right now would make you frightened okay. in one way or another. Um, and I can do them and they're totally safe? You can do them and they're totally safe. Okay. Uh, jumping out of an airplane. Yeah. Because I would never do that. Me neither. Um, going scuba diving. Mm-hmm. That's probably on my list too. Although now I'm starting to feel like I could maybe Yeah, I'm, I'm debating it. that, although I get really seasick. And mm. the thought of having to go out on the boat is already yeah. devastating enough to do that. I feel like there's probably like a place in Hawaii where they you're Could, so close to and where you, can, you get actually, scuba. Actually, I heard you can actually walk into. Well, the that's water. why I like snorkeling in Hawaii. Yeah. And I've, by the way, only been snorkeling in Hawaii because I it is that same feeling of why I didn't want I don't want to be trapped somewhere. Me too. So I want to be like, and now I'm done snorkeling, and yeah. I decide I decide when you. I can touch land with my feet again. Yeah. Um. And um, I guess the third one. Would be always feeling safe in elevators because I do not right now. Yep. Great. Uh, I don't really have a problem with elevators, but I was ju- when I was in Hawaii, mm-hmm. strangely, mm-hmm. Um, I was like, the elevator in my hotel. In Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's what I'm getting at. Right, right, right. Uh, no, the elevator in the hotel that I was in, someone did get trapped in there. Shit. That's my so great. I was like, like, oh, great. I know. I get so worried. And every time I go to a con, I get worried about that. It's so stupid. I know. And my husband's like, you Some know you're going to be fine. elevator with a bunch of that's... people wearing like big fluffy costumes. And then screaming in there. I know. Like, it just I know. Be bad. I really yes. get it. Mm-hmm. I really get it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So next category is let's do um, let's do three discoveries 
and this kind of goes into I'm basing this on things we've talked about mm-hmm. and also the things that you're interested in in terms of items mm-hmm. but what about like three discoveries or some sort of advent in science that it would be really cool to get to witness firsthand fire great um I would have just loved to sit over Marie Curie's shoulder, though. That would have been cool, too. Right? Yeah. I can add her. Yeah, Marie Curie. Okay, great. And then um, I think it would have been amazing to see flight, to see... Yeah. I know that a lot of people did it at various yeah. times, and I know the Wright brothers get the most credit for that, although there's so many things, like the Farnsworth invention, and there's just a lot of stuff that would be yeah. great to just watch happen. But I think flight, because to really see the plane take off and mm-hmm. that to like that I think just would have been really I agree I absolutely mm-hmm. agree god those, those are great okay and then last one will be um a person this could be I'll, I'll widen it out it could be um for someone from fiction or someone from reality again if there's some crossover with these things that you've listed that's fine but uh somebody who is like your buddy that you would not normally get to be buddies with so it could be someone contemporary but it Amelie? could also be oh great um, great yes Amelie was my hero um, oh there's an amazing Australian TV show called Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries uh huh have you seen it is it on Netflix yeah and I it takes I place have, in the like you have like a, a brown bob oh, yeah, she's adorable lips. yes I, I need to get into that because I am looking for a new I'm mystery in series love with her I need it I like gentle mysteries it's a gentle mystery mm, it's wait. my it's my favorite okay. thing right, like I'm it is the only down. tv show that I'm like Yuri can we watch it like I'm ready I'm so um, ready to so get into that Miss would Fisher. be that would be one awesome and you said it could be a real person too yeah Carl Sagan oh god absolutely oh Miss Fisher. I got so excited about Miss Fisher. I didn't I, write really, it you have to watch it because I love it so much. Not that I, I expect know, everyone to love what I love, Carl but Carl could, would, could call you and just be like, I'm just wondering how you I are. I would probably just burst into tears. I know, me too. You know those um, remixes of the songs that they did yes. of like his and yes. Mr. Rogers and all those? Whenever I'm having a bad day and like Yuri knows I'm having a bad day, he puts it on. Yeah. And then that song comes on. I just like totally burst into tears. Not that it's not like happy tears, but it's yeah. just like, I'm like, just I know. be my friend. I know. Yeah. I, I, I love that song so much. I'm sure I've talked talked about on the podcast before but if i have it's been a while um i don't even remember who the guy is that like does all of those i know but that, the one but it's that, for pbs right uh i don't know is it oh I, I, I only just like found like someone just sent me a clip of it and i was like maybe I need pbs to reposts download them because yeah. i feel like yuri goes to youtube and finds pbs some things and it's all of those yeah because it's julia childs and like there's I've, all sorts of i'm trying ones. to think of the ones i've heard i've barely heard any except for like two the two carl sagan's the main one carl being, sagan's great and every time when they he says um if we do not destroy ourselves, we will one day travel. I'm like, I'm that's really the, that's the part where I'm like, I can listen to this without getting choked up. I, I, I can't. So I never beautiful. can. And uh, what's his name? Bob Ross, mm-hmm. the painter. Have you heard his? No. Oh, God. I oh, that one's so that good because it's, it's a happy little cloud. Like, he just, he's so cute. Oh, he's like, oh he just I have heard little, that one. I have heard sweet. that one. There are no, God, there are no limits here. Start out by believing here. Like, it's just so sweet. It's just such a sweet. Boy, I really, really like this. Okay. And now I'm just going to do this like little design thing that will uh, okay. dictate for me what my eeny meeny is oh, like. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to ask you to just tell me when to stop. Okay. Okay. Stop. Okay. I'm going to pause this, uh, do some calculations. Oh, this is so exciting. And I'm going to come back. Here here there really is no calculating to it. Uh, 100% guaranteed mash fictional future. Perfect. When I come back, I, I want to reassure you guys it will seem as if no time has passed. Um, but I do need to think of some fun. Because I know there's... 
I just, I just know that there's something out okay, there. Okay, well, when you think of it, let me know because I will be, great. be eager to see. But in the meantime, I will share this uh, marvelous mash future oh boy. with you. I'm very excited. Uh, first of all, I want to congratulate mm-hmm. you on your house in Tuscany. <gasps> oh, I'm so excited! That makes really me quite well happy. I'm very, I'm very really happy well done. It. Yes. Um, I want to, uh, also congratulate you. Now, listen, I, I understand that Harissa is not made in Tuscany, but yeah. that's what's so magical about this oh, game it's, is it's, that you snap of a finger. It's delicious. It's sitting right in you front can of eat you it in as Tuscany? you look over the sea. Yes. And you look at the beautiful trees. Wait, can you see, a, can you see any sea in Tuscany or can mm. you just see No, I vineyards? thought you meant like the sea of rolling hills. Is the kind sea of, what, of, of vineyards. Vineyards. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The I green and Tuscany. yellow and yes. I've been there, so I really don't have a reason. You know why? Because people say Amalfi Coast a lot. So in my mind, suddenly oh. I was imagining Tuscany. Was Amalfi Coast is lovely. I could maybe boy, take oh a day trip over there. You could we easily to. take a day trip. Yes. Uh, and by the way, I want to reassure you that if there are any elevators in that day trip, you needn't fear. Oh, thank goodness. No, you have nothing okay, to worry really about. That's really honestly the best thing I could get rid of as a fear <laughs> because that would be delightful. Just talk that one right into your brain because yeah. that one I think is going to travel into your real life. I love that. Uh, I want to congratulate you on, and also, you know, another place I never see elevators? Harry Potter's world. That's just a lot of stairs, baby. Oh, that is, so you're going to be on I those crazy Escher stairs. right now. Yeah, in your mm-hmm. wizarding world. Mm-hmm, I, am. Uh, I think that um, you could probably solve a few wizarding mysteries with your dear friend, Miss Fisher. <gasps> yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so you excited. I love her. You got her. Yay. Uh, you uh, have witnessed uh, Human's First Flight. <gasps> That's lovely. I want to congratulate you on lifting Tesla's journals, uh, his missing journals. Uh, I feel like you probably, speaking of Miss Fisher, detective your own way yes. uh, through some very yes, exciting science. Yes, we totally science. detected our ways into you that. You detected yeah. right in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, weirdly, someone who I feel doesn't fit into any of this, Channing Tatum. Oh my gosh, that's But weird. you and Yuri can hang out with him. We can hang out with him. All the live long day. That would be delightful. It's wonderful. <laughs> Yuri um, will just make him dance for us. We'll just, yeah, <laughs> just have him put on a nice old-fashioned show. Oh my gosh. Um, Tara, Thank you thank so you. much for doing the podcast. It was I've been looking forward to this so much. Oh, uh, it did you. not disappoint. I want to encourage people to know you and Riori wrote a book. We did. Um, uh, and anything else that you would like people to know about you? I know actually, you're on Twitter, etc. Yes, I'm on Twitter at Tara Platt. I actually just wrote another book and mm. I'm currently crowdfunding for that, but it's called Zartana. It's an interactive illustrated book of a traveling Romani girl oh, and the recipes wow. pull out and the maps pull out. And oh it's really God. fully interactive. That's World building, magical. Yes. So, um, so yeah, so I'm in the process of doing that right now. And then there's lots of always other projects that we're working oh on with gosh. our production company. And oh, okay. Like so, and so you're at, you're just at Tara Platt. Yeah. I'm at Tara Platt. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, uh, check it all out. Boy, I'm really excited about the book that you're working Thank on. It's so cool. Um, and they can, can they be a part of the crowd? Yeah. Through of the it? month yeah. of October. Through the month of October. I mean, it depends when this airs. I yeah, suppose. no, no, no. This yeah. will come out. I might even flip flop and put this out earlier. Oh, so awesome. That I can tell people. Yeah. I'm it. at 58% right now. Okay. We and will get it just started there. on October 1st. I'm so, so excited about fingers this. Fingers crossed. Um, guys, get into it. Would you do me that favor? Uh, <laughs> and thank you so much. Thank you. Sarah. It was a pleasure. Guys, I'll talk to you next time on the podcast. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.